Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friends, this is Kat Lee and if you can't tell, I'm sick. If you go back and listen to any of the old Inspired Action podcast episodes in January or February, you'll notice that I get sick every January or February. So here I am. Welcome to the new year and my nasally voice. I'm so excited to have you with us today. And today we have none other than Beth Moore. Beth is an internationally known, best-selling author, speaker, and Bible study teacher. And she has some beautiful wisdom for us as moms. She's going to share a little bit about her new novel, The Undoing of St. Sylvanus. Yes, I said novel. Beth Moore has written a novel. So let's jump right into our episode today with Beth Moore. Good morning, Kat. Good morning. How are you? Good grief. You are darling. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh, you are. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. So this is a mom podcast and all the moms listening are probably so excited to hear from you today. And and what I love about what we're talking about today, about your new book, is in order to write this book, you kind of went through a transition that most moms either have gone through or about to go through, like when their kids go off to school or they go off to college, this transition of this is what I really know and I, I've done for a long time and I do well and I'm venturing into to new waters. What am I going to do next? What is this new thing? And you've, you're known for being a Bible study speaker and teacher and author. And now you've written a novel. What was yeah. what what yeah. was that terrifying to step because you know you're successful yeah. already and now you're going to go be a rookie in yeah. a whole new arena. Tell me about yeah. that process and what made you do it. Oh, Kat, that's such a fun question and I would love to. And I got to tell you, I think that almost any writer and by that I mean career writer, I mean somebody that really does it all the time, I think they would tell you that the kiss of death is to quit taking risks. And I'm not talking about that from a uh, a marketing point of view. Sometimes that taking the risk is the kiss of death <laughs> from a marketing point of view. But I'm going to tell you, Kat, I hope I am not uh, saying this out of turn because I believe this with all of my heart. Uh, writers that have to write are not uh, are not motivated by the money. It is the need to write and continue to express on the page what's stirring in your heart. And so, so what, what I came to was a time in my life when I had, had really been impressed by God over the last, and this has been going on now for the last couple of years, to step out into some different areas and to just go full speed ahead with him, saying yes to whatever that new soil, that's the way um, I, I've termed it all this time, since this word really got uh, placed on my heart, is that he was calling me to sow uh, into new fields, uh, in, into new places with the same gospel, but in different ways that might reach 
a field of people that have not had that kind of a run-in with Jesus and, and the love of Jesus and the transforming power of Jesus and, and the forgiveness of Jesus. And so I've just gone, you cannot imagine how far off road in the last couple of years, not by way of message, but into uh, new audiences. And just to throw out a couple of examples, like for instance, going into, I had an opportunity to speak to some judges in uh, the state of Texas and things like that, just totally off road that have been a ton of fun, but, but very, very risky and puts me very, very much uh, into a, a, a new environment that it feels just crazy at times. But this was the biggest one because this was the one that took the most uh, time and put the risk that far out there into something permanent. Mm-hmm. But I, I got to tell you something. I absolutely loved it. And I do want to speak to these moms because I love this about walking with God, that he always knows the now thing and the next thing. Always, always. That, that in from season to season, he always knows what he wills to do to bring himself glory and to stir up good in that follower. And so we, we don't we don't want to presume what that's going to be. We we want to get there and go, OK, Lord, what what now? What now? And he is faithful to show that. I love that. You know, I, I I I have always thought, who wants to live a life that doesn't require Jesus? And oh, oh yeah. As someone okay. who's stepping into a new thing, talking, speaking to judges, which is so different than you know other places that you've spoken before. Um, I love that you're stepping out and just like moms step out into new things as well. That's so, right. have you always loved fiction? Is it something that you've always had in your heart to do, or is it something you're like, well, I want to try something new? I have always loved it. I'll tell you what I've always loved, Kat, because this probably explains it more than anything else. I've always loved story. Uh, my mother was a voracious reader. I mean, and I am talking about nearly two-fisted reader. In other words, reading one thing, already planning the next thing she was going to read. Every one of her children have taken that up where it's almost two-fisted for us, where it's constantly, I know what I'm reading now, what I'm going to, what I hope to read next and, and so forth. So I had that from her. And then my father, when he retired from the army, when I was six years old, he began managing movie theaters. And so I just, please imagine by the time my mother has a fiction book in her hand and my dad is managing movie theaters and we're up there all the time. I literally learned to make change by serving popcorn and Coke behind that that counter with all the sticky syrup on it. So just get that whole picture in your head. So I was doomed for story and and but but I would say this to you. Yes, I do. I I do read fiction and I do enjoy fiction. It's secondary to what I do because I am, you know, I'm, I research constantly. My, my, my truest love, I do not say this to uh, sound big and scholarly because I'm neither big nor scholarly, but my, my primary reading is, is uh, commentaries. That's, that's because I'm a Bible study uh, teacher. So that's the kind of thing that I do most, but I have always had a fiction book going to the side. I do an intense thing. I know you understand this. Every mom understands just intensity and to have something to lose yourself in something that is a storyline, a creative storyline that is without uh, compromising your 
your character in Christ. You know, if I can find something clean that is going to lose me in a good drama, I, I am a happy girl. Well, I love how you're sharing the same message, but in a new way, because so many moms, you know, it's 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 hard to find time to read, much less sometimes yes. it's hard to find time to read nonfiction, because I, I don't know about you, but I read nonfiction and fiction differently. If I have a nonfiction oh, book, I'm, tr- you know, trying to make my way through it. If I have a fiction book, I'm like, honey, can you take care yeah. of the kids? Don't can you me. order yeah. food? Nobody talk to me until I finish this book. I'm committed to these characters till it's done. Absolutely. You know, this is why, and I do this with uh, nonfiction books. I, I've just finished a couple doing it this way. So often now you can do, even on Kindle, an audiobook cat, and that is for nonfiction or fiction. I always look to see if there's going to be that option. And of course, there are audio uh, books that you can buy that have the have the CDs and and all, but that is a big for for me when I'm on the road or when I'm uh, when I'm just like getting a, a meal ready or whatever it may be. I love that because I just put that on and that's sort of how I read it. I, I read it with my with my ears instead of with my eyes, and so that that's like a mom's best friend right there because I want to make sure you. Your your uh, listeners know I am still very much in the mom thing. I'm a very active mom to two young adult daughters, but we are a four generation family, and we do a lot of life together. So I have a lot of kids in my house. Um, my uh, daughters three children. I have my mother-in-law that lives right next door to me. So I'm very much still a a busy mom. And I did not I did not just shut off my maternal hormones when my kids launched from the nest. It just I, I don't know whether they'll think this is good news or bad news, cat. But those hormones just like they keep at full roar for the rest of your life. It changes how you do. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have to change your uh, perspective toward it in the way you uh, approach parenting. But uh, listen, I, I still miss my mom. Hmm. Hmm. That, that's something really that you touch on a lot in the book, too, is, you know, the, the idea of the mother-daughter relationship is kind of woven throughout oh, the yeah. book. But you also really hone in a lot on the idea of mother figures. And yes. what and in, what inspired that? And, and maybe what encouragement would you have for the moms listening who have struggled uh, maybe with a mother-daughter relationship or to find mother figures mm. or, or, or even a relationship with their own daughters? Oh, that's such a good question. I, you know, the old saying, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. <laughs> I, I, just, I love that saying. I, I heard from a psychologist just a couple of weeks ago. I'm trying to think where I was. I, I, I love this. She was talking to me about the novel and she said, you know, Beth, she and I had never met before, but she said, you know, Beth, that the mother-daughter relationship is the most complicated of all relationships. And and I kind of laughed a little bit and she said, no, no, I, I am serious. She said, it really is. She said, study often uh, proves it. And so I, I talked with her a little bit about it. I was so intrigued, but I do believe that is true. That bond is just so, so strong. And, and even if it's not strong in closeness, like it's not a close, 
emotional bond, it still it still is so impactful uh, that it is all perhaps unmatched among the relationships in uh, the kind of uh, dealings that we have with it. And I think what you see in the book is a little bit people ask me all the time how much of it reflects my own uh, life and. Uh, there, it, it's not as much as I think I had planned for it to, but what is reflected very much is that the relationships are all complicated and ours were complicated. I had a very complicated upbringing, a very, mm, see, I don't like to use the, the worn out term dysfunctional, but it, just think, think uh, current synonyms for dysfunctional. Right. And please stick those in and you'll get the idea. And those relationships were mm, mm, hard to negotiate. And so you certainly do see that. And I think that's I think that is uh, more the case than not. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yeah. I, for one, never actually knew my mom. Uh, She passed away when I was about nine months old. And even not knowing her has been been the most one of the most impactful relationships even though it wasn't a relationship in my life so you know the presence or absence of a mother regardless of what their level of involvement is or how good or you know not good they were as a mom it all has such a deep deep impact on us for sure i would agree man i am so intrigued because that must be another layer to what you feel like god has called you to do even in this in this kind of a podcast audience cat very very interesting i love i love knowing that well it's it's, just it's complexity it's kind of like what you said about you know when you're talking about stepping out into new things into things you know talking to judges isn't necessarily what you were trained for but it's what god called you to and it it's just one of those things that makes us require him so that's right this too so i need to know um i'm big on pronunciation and i hate pronounce pronouncing things incorrectly is it Sylvanus? I know what you're going to ask. <laughs> undoing, the undoing of Saint it, You Sil- know what? Who knows what it was originally because we don't know for sure that we – scholars will make uh, – uh, they'll make recommendations about how to pronounce something based on how things are pronounced now and how uh, – Things have been uh, said through centuries, but who knows originally. But I will say that the way I pronounce it is St. Sylvanus. So I put the emphasis on that very first syllable. And Kat, can I tell you, and I'm telling you this because I don't know that anyone has asked me yet, and I'm just sort of dying to tell someone. (laughs) Can I tell you what caused me to come up? With, with his name in particular? Yes, because I'm very curious. Okay, okay. I was at the time writing the Bible study on First and Second Thessalonians and called Children of the Day. And because I was doing this all at the same time because I don't know that I could write fiction. I could for a while. I could even for a week, maybe even a couple of weeks. But I, I, have, I have to be in Bible study. That That is what just puts the the uh, fire in my bones. So I, I've worked on this on the side for about four years and I was writing it. I had already begun kind of stirring around with the idea 
Uh, and then I was writing it throughout the time that I wrote Children of the Day. And First and Second Thessalonians are written, and I, I memorize them in uh, it, this way. It begins with Paul, Sylvanus, and Timothy to the Church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So I said those words, Paul, Sylvanus, and Timothy, over and over and over. <laughs> Because both letters begin that way. And I just loved that name, Sylvanus. It's fascinating. I, I, you know, I wonder um, how many people are going to read this book and be like, hmm, I like that name. And then there's going to be a new generation of kids <laughs> named Sylvanus. Like Sylvanus and learn that his name, this, this is what they would learn in the Bible study, that it's, it's the same as Silas. Okay. Uh, it's uh, it's two different renderings of the same name. So I just loved it. It, it landed on me. And it's a wonder that I've not gotten a puppy since then and named <laughs> Puppy Sylvanus. Well, you know what I love about this book and this whole story of yours of, of venturing into the world of fiction is that, one, if you say, oh, Beth Moore has a new book out and it's a novel, you're like, whoa. But then, two, once you get into the book, you know, what I would imagine would be a novel by Beth Moore isn't exactly what this novel ended up being. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, it, it's so complex and intriguing. And I just, uh, you know, so I'm just really curious about, you know, it's not a picture perfect story and no. there aren't picture perfect people in it. And shame and failure are, are such a part of the characters. That's right. That's right. How, how did that impact them? And, and, and as, moms and as women, how does shame and failure kind of drive us away from what we need the most? Mm-hmm. Yes, you you do see that from the beginning and all the way through. And thank God also the theme of what I pray is very clear, and that is redemption and what can happen and that that which seems absolutely beyond reconciliation. He is able, if there is some cooperation um, from us, to reconcile all sorts of relationships. But that part of the book and those the themes of, of failure and addiction and of family brokenness, those are all things that were very much part of my life. We have an ex- extreme stronghold in my family and extended family. Now, when I say that, I want to make sure that that I'm being clear that I'm not talking about my husband, Keith, and my two daughters there. But in my family of origin and then our extended family, we have a tremendous uh, stronghold of addiction that can just be found all over it. And in particular, um, alcoholism. And so I, I know that one from really, really close up. I, I know that uh, the dynamic, what the dynamic does within a family and uh, how God also can bring beautiful redemption from it. Uh, I have tried to be very forthright, even in the studies. I, you know, I've, I know every day of study, if anyone's done the Bible studies, I, it's it's not the place necessarily for me to bring up my sordid past, but I always do bring it up. It is in every single uh, book and every single study. I, I don't ever uh, shy away from saying that God pulled me out of the deepest pit. Mm-hmm. And I also, I hope that it's, 
I hope somebody would be encouraged that patterns can be addressed and broken in family lines. I I think that is an incredibly important discussion to take place and an incredibly important thing to take on in prayer and to have faith about. You know, Kat, we can so often have faith for somebody else's family and for somebody else's intimate relationships, but we'll think to ourselves, no way, this one's so far gone, no way can he do it here. And oh, yes, he can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Just the hope that he can break the bondage of those generational God, yes. patterns of sin. Yes. Dear God, yes. And it starts with us. Mm-hmm. Nobody in my family, may I say this with love and compassion, but also with the proper passion that comes from believing God, taking him at his word. Nobody gets to keep me from my liberty in Christ. Mm-hmm. No, I don't care how close a relationship. Nobody has that right. Once I determine, you know what? I can't make everybody uh, get into this with me. I can't make everybody in the family come alongside me in this pursuit of of freedom in Christ, but I dang well can do it for myself. Amen. Yes. Um, So with this book, what I I just love about it, and, and obviously the passion that you have for it, is that the women who might not pick up a nonfiction book, women who might not be in the habit of regular Bible study, We'll pick this up and we'll, you know, order takeout for their families, lock themselves in their bedrooms and just be absorbed in the truth and in a powerful story that's going to, you know, hopefully open the door to the pursuit of deeper Bible study and deeper study of of what God has for them. Um, Boy, I I sure hope so. I'll tell you this. Speaking of moms, I was with a, a mom just last weekend, such a fun mom of three kids. And I think I'm right in saying three under six years old. And she loves, loves, loves Jesus. And her husband is a minister. And she told me, I said, have you always loved fiction? She said, yeah. She said, I, cause she, she'd read it. And she was just talking to me all about it. And she said, yeah, Bev, I have. But she said, I got to be honest with you. She said, I especially have since the kids came along. And she said, you know, I can't. I, she's, I can't really always focus on something deep, heavy, and um, and in-depth with nonfiction. But and I found this to be so interesting because she said, but sometimes um, when the kids are, are down for a nap or when I've got a little while or after they're finally down at night, she said, man, I can get lost in some good fiction. And she said, and if you can take me to Jesus with it, now that is a good deal. Um, you are so right that... I Uh, My hope is that somebody will pick it up who does not have any kind of life of faith. And and I've got to tell you something. I've already heard from several of them, several of them, several people that I knew that that read it because they like me uh, as a friend. And they thought, well, if I'm going to be a a friend to Beth, I really ought to read this new book because I've never read any (laughs) of the rest of them. Not going to read any of the rest. I mean, this is this is this. They would have no problem telling you any of this. I think I will read this one. And uh, and they responded so favorably to it. And I was thinking afterwards, it just blew my mind because they would have heard the clear gospel 
of Jesus Christ, just clear as a bell. And, and, and that thrilled me. So I am hearing from that. I am certainly hearing from people who, who believe in God, but have never really come to know Jesus. That, that I'm definitely coming here or, or maybe they know Jesus or believe that they know him, but they have never, ever thought about letting him into the personal dynamics of their brokenness. Right. So good. And and I think what else you'll probably hear, too, is so many people saying, you know, I might not have been able to get my friend or sister or mother to do a Bible study with me, but we can do a book club and we can read the book together. And then oh, yeah. we can have those deeper conversations. And you're actually doing a big book club. And I would love if you could just tell everybody about that and how they could get involved in it. Oh, I am. And I am not beyond begging. <laughs> I'm already planning a tweet that is going to say, I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. Don't leave me hanging here. It's free. And if I have to pay you to do it, I may consider it. Yes, we are. And I I say that because you talk about a new experience for me. Like I've I've never done, I've done, of course I've done um, webcasts, but they've always been something where we were studying the scriptures together. It's been that kind of thing. But this was the first time like there was any such thing called with, with in my experience with me, a, a, a big book club, I mean, all this, <laughs> this makes me want to like uh, laugh out loud. And then when they wanted to do with a publisher, this believed that people would really want to be part of this and think this would be fun. And so I'm like, oh, please come through for them. Please come through for them. But you know what? We are going to have a blast. And um, it's it's uh, coming up really um, soon. It is uh it is uh, okay. Okay, hold January twentieth. I was gonna say I better make absolutely sure I'm saying exactly the right day. Yes, January twentieth, and it's like from six thirty to eight thirty Central Standard Time. I think from six to six thirty, they they get people on where they know they've got a connection and stuff like that anytime in that half hour. But we're just gonna talk about we're gonna talk about fun things like okay, if this were on the screen, who do you think should uh, should um, be the players for it? What actors and actresses do you think? And we're going to talk about backstory to it. And we're going to talk about any surprises that they may have had. And we're going to do as kind of a spoiler alert for the second um, half of it and say, okay, if you haven't read it, this might be time to drop out of it. But the first half, anybody can be part of it. But I hope we're just going to have a blast. That's that. really what I'm hoping. Yeah. And it's, it's free. So so what is there to lose? And, like you know, like I said, what a great way to get some friends together to, you know, watch it together and to do a book club together before it so that you can just all talk about it and all enjoy the whole thing. And they can go, if I'm correct, to BethMoreNovel.com to sign up for that. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Beth, thank you for writing this book. Thank you for stepping out and and doing that. And I just want to say thank you also for taking the time to speak to the moms listening right now, for taking the time out of your super busy schedule uh, to, to share with them, to encourage them. And I'm just really thankful for you. Listen, I had a blast doing this, and I love you moms so much and believe in what God is doing um, through you. And man, did you ever have a vital ministry. And trust God. Trust God with what he's got coming for you in future seasons. You'll be you'll be so glad you trusted him. It's going to be a good work. Thank you, Kat. Thank you, Beth. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you would take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercy.